Okay, Brittany, here's the goal. Getting Maidchen or Ski on the podcast and being like, hi, okay, so this is a question from me. Um, did you know that phallus means dick? <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. The oral history report that I would present to the class would probably be about Greek gods and goddesses. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass milfs and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. The oral history report that I would present to the class would be the history of drag. Dope. Thank you. And uh, once again, since she's around, so why not? We have the lovely <laughs> Sam Coley here. Woohoo! Hi! Who is she? You she's an honorary, the honorary aficionado. She really is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Happy to be here. Tell us about you, Sam. My name is Sam Coley. I am a 25-year-old communication specialist in pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I like ships in their 40s and making playlists. I'm a senior writer at Telltale TV, where I'm currently reviewing Supergirl and Blackish. And as soon as it comes back, I will be reviewing The 100. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about TV, food, and feminism. The oral history report I would present to the class would be about the evolution of women in science fiction during the 21st century. Oh, my God. Oh, you fancy, huh? I love that answer. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. <laughs> Mary Shelley stand for life. Yep. Today we have words to say about episode 211 of Riverdale, The Wrestler. Okay, so The Wrestler was a 2008 American sports drama film, which sounds like not the kind of film I like, but um, (laughs) that's okay. Sports ball. (laughs) When have any of these episodes been titled something that I would watch? (laughs) That is a good point. None of them cater to your interests. (laughs) No. Um, Except for next week's episode, which seems dope. Well, uh, what's the name of next week's episode? Okay, next week's episode is called The Wicked and the Divine, and that's the name of a contemporary fantasy comic series. Yeah, that's a really popular comic series, and it's supposed to be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Let's get started? Yeah! Okay, let's first begin by talking about Veronica and Josie. Because why not? And about, you know, the meetings of their parents and such. Ugh, boy. So they're at a meeting at Fred's house, and they're saying, listen, the students are being pretty chill, but the parents are still mad. Which is weird, because I expected it to be the other way around. Why would you expect it to be the other way around, though? I expected the students to be like, hey, this is our school, what the heck, just like Jughead. And I expected the parents to be like, cool, you're getting a better education there, though. Yeah, but on this show, sometimes the kids suck less than the adults do. You know what? She's right. Yeah. And I think the kids just really don't care as Mm -hmm. much. Meanwhile, the adults have, like, these weird politics wrapped up in it. And a lot of internal prejudices that the kids haven't, are probably on their way to developing right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The Lodges would like to sponsor Pickens Day and make it a commercial. Um, And then they have this (laughs) awesome reveal where it turns out Veronica's also at the table. Um, That was cool. Because she's the HBIC, ladies and gents. Um, She's saying it's about, like, coming together and how, you know, the open house was about just the, the the north side, really. And this is about both of the sides coming together. 
I mean, does anyone actually think that Hiram really has any interest in rehabilitating the South Side, though? Um, no. He is entirely interested in gentrifying it and ruining people's lives. Yeah. He's he's very much the uh, Donald Trump of Riverdale. Yikes. But with better hair. But am I wrong? No. Yeah. Except without all the bad racism, of course. Yeah. And, like, less rapey. He's like, yeah, okay, so he's actually not Donald Trump at all. Hiram is very much <laughs> yeah. just a... Okay, but, like, literally that's all land developers are, is, like, just kind of crooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all shady. They're all shady. And I can say that because my pop is one, and he worked with a lot of shady people, and he was like, wow, I hate this. <laughs> Keller brings up, like, what if there's some violence happening? Like, what are the serpents gonna do? Like, they've been laying low for, like, a bit now, but... At any point, they're going to, like, pounce. And um, Hiram <laughs> decides, slither. like, we're going to an hire them as security for the event. Which, on the surface, seems to rich people like a very good solution. Yeah, but it also really feels like, okay, so always one step below you. Got yep. it. Yeah. Like, we'll always be employed by you, but not equal with you. So she's like, Fred, yo, you're down for this? And Fred's like, people are telling me they're looking for work. Like, but also, I, none of my opinions matter. <laughs> That's a fair point. Um, Archie comes home and he's like, hey, are you guys, like, can I also join your meeting? And they're like, oh, hard no on that one. Uh, anyway, bye, guys. Um, I wouldn't let Archie join either on account of he never has anything overly helpful to say. No, and also True. he's gross right now, which is why Veronica's like, ugh. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, romance has its limits. I mean, you know, it doesn't stop her when he's covered in blood, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, she'll, right. she'll hop naked into the shower with him when he's covered in blood, but sweat, not even a kiss. Okay, nope. but I feel like that's a really good indication that, like, one, I mean, sometimes you just don't want to kiss a sweaty person, but two, their relationship is not what it was. Mm. Like, there's Teeth. something slightly off about it. Right. No one else has any thoughts. I mean, is it the fact that I don't care about it anymore? Oh! <laughs> so, Veronica and Josie are hanging out. They've got a poster here for auditions for, I guess, new pussycats. And uh, <laughs> Josie just wants those two to sing. But she's like, no, the pussycats are a brand. Like, it'll bring in more whatever if it says Josie and the pussycats, I guess. So, Sierra, Mayor McCoy, comes in and is very mean. She's so mean. And she's like, we are working on your solo career. Actually, let's have a conversation without her in the room. Like, right in front like, of her. There are a lot of adults in this episode who are saying things in front of people where, that they should be saying in private. It's almost like none Tea. of them have any social skills. Hmm. So what um, does everyone think of, like, Mary McCoy doing this to Ronnie? I don't think they've done a good enough job of explaining why she's so upset. I think Mayor McCoy can't talk to us about moral and morals and ethics when she's having an affair. And yeah, she's having an affair and she's lodges. making dirty deals with the lodges anyway. Yeah. So it's like, it's her own fault for feeling manipulated by them because she took their money. I do agree with one aspect, which is her talking about how Veronica shouldn't be involved. And I think that's yeah. because, you know, Veronica's not even an adult yet. I would say, like, Veronica passes over into 18, sure, start slowly bringing her in. But the fact that she's such mm -hmm. a big deal in the company and she's not even an adult is a little bit dicey mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, and I can totally see where Mary McCoy would object to that. But at the very same time, Mary McCoy uses her daughter. Yeah, 
for in her a own very business, similar yeah. vein, like especially in terms of like Josie's music career. Like she she's kind of like the momager there. So you can't really be Chris Jenner and then complain about another Chris Jenner. True. Um, Hermione is eating a half a grapefruit, like you do. As you Ugh. do. Veronica comes out and is just like, um, Mary McCoy's being mean to me. And she's like, huh. Well, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'll give her a chat. And here's the thing. If that was my mom, I'd be like, mom, no, like, don't fight my battles for me. That'd be so embarrassing if, like, one mom came up and was just like, I heard you were mean to my daughter. She's sad now. <laughs> no, that's my mom. <laughs> Straight up, that's absolutely my mother. But she's like, I wouldn't tell Josie. Like, she's worried that that's the big thing that she's worried about is that Josie's going to learn about all these shady things, but she wouldn't. But if it's a grown woman who's, like, intimidating this child. That's true. That's true. Then I would want my mom to get involved. Mm -hmm. Especially because that grown woman is comfortable not saying anything about Ronnie being at the meetings to Ronnie's face. Right. But will say it once Ronnie is out of view of her parents. Correct. Like, if anything, she should be having the barbs that she threw at Ronnie at Hiram and Hermione instead. Like, she should be lodging complaints with the lodges. Oh, 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 good one. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So the next scene we have in this storyline is that Jughead's article has come out and Mayor McCoy is saying she can't cancel Pickens Day, but she can stop Josie from performing. Um, Like, what if there's a riot or whatever? And she's like, I promised Veronica, like, I have to. Um, Like, why are you even so mad about it? And I guess what she's saying is the lodges are, like, using Veronica to manipulate Josie. I'm not even, like, like, super clear about what to Towards what end? Yeah, exactly. So so the next scene is that Veronica's, like, right after this, Veronica's singing by herself. Josie comes in, is really mad, and she's like, is your mom making you, like, bow out? And then she's just like, I don't have to do what you want or what. Like, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understand. I don't. My thing is, like, was she, Mayor McCoy was fine using the Pussycats for promo. Right. But then when she finds out the Pussycats are being used for promo with Ronnie, it's a problem. Mm. Either way, Josie is being exploited in order to help the Lodges out. I wish Josie was her own character. Yeah, that'd be nice. What would that be like, I wonder? Yeah, can't. uh, I don't know. It would be entertaining. (laughs) Josie's awesome. Also, literally, what the frack happened to Josie and Cheryl? Did they forget that they were doing that? It was like... The crazy, like, it was 207 where all the crazy stuff happened. In 208, Cheryl gave her a weird massage, and that was the end of it. And now they split them off into, like, totally separate storylines. Bring it back. But I do think Josie might go against her mom and join the Serpent's Rebellion. I would hope that yeah. she would. It's Well, that's what, what it looks like by the end of the episode. Yeah. yeah. I think she's that kind of a thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Veronica is having a hard time. And she tells her mom that Josie dropped out. And then her mom's like, well, that's the last straw. Now I'm going to yell at her good. I mean, I guess. She's like, look, mom, like, it's okay. You know, like, we're different from other families and we know that or whatever. You know, the show must go on. So, like, is this Veronica or Hermione's idea to, like, kind of, like, stab her in the back a little bit? I think... I feel like it's Ronnie's. Yeah. Just because I don't think she would have done it if Josie hadn't come in and 
like told her off for like mm-hmm. trying to manipulate her, right. which I don't think is what she was trying to do. No, no. But once Josie came in, was like, I don't want to be in your club. I don't want to be friends with you. I don't want to do anything with your parents or you. Veronica was like, screw it. I'll do it myself. Right. Yeah. And I mean, my thing, the whole thing with this is I understand where both of them are coming from mm-hmm. because for Veronica, her friend just like slapped her in the face, basically. Yeah. And for Josie, she thinks her friend is manipulating her. And the problem is that neither really knows, like, what's going on. Because we don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I don't know whether it's supposed to be explicitly clear to us what the hell is going on. Right. But either way, like, you know, Josie's been someone else's pawn for basically this entire show. Yep. So for her standing up for herself for once is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once they're at... Pickens Day, we see Kevin like bringing food to his dad, and like I just love the Kellers, and we'll talk about them later. But I love them. Hermione goes up to like uh, the McCoys, and she's like, "Oh, Josie, I'm so sorry that you won't be singing." And she's like, "Yeah, well, I forbade her from singing because we have to be careful with our children, you know." <laughs> it's like really because you were fine throwing every single ghoulie and serpent like in jail, even though they hadn't actually committed a crime that you could tell. Yep. I just, I don't think she'd have a world's greatest mare mug on her desk. No, that's Sierra's true. very hypocritical in this episode. Which sucks because I actually really like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love her complexity. I love that she's got a little bit of darkness, but that she really cares about Josie, but she also sees Josie as like, you know, she wants to push Josie to do better. Like, I like that she could be well-rounded if we saw more of her. Right. I think one of the problems that Riverdale has with writing its adult characters, and even sometimes it's kid characters, is that sometimes it'll forget things they did just barely episodes ago Mm -hmm. in order to, like, write whatever's relevant to the specific episode that they're in. Yeah, like how Cheryl's personality and motives change episode to episode. Mayor McCoy's, like, do as well. Yep. Um, lastly, in the storyline, Fred introduces Veronica and the Pussycats. And, like, oh, the portrayal on Josie's face. I'm like, this is sad. But also, like... It is. I know that... I don't know if I would say Veronica's in the right, but, like, you know, you're still kind of cheering for Veronica because she got yelled at for no reason. So, like, it was almost satisfying. hmm I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> You are the epitome of a Slytherin. I was so is Veronica. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I could see. No, I could see Ronnie as a Slytherin Gryffindor split though. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, she has Val and Mel in the background there. So like, ah, I just wonder how that phone call went. She was like, "Hi, um, Josie was mean to me, also. So like, let's just <laughs> slap her in the face." And <laughs> Val mean, and Mel were like, yeah. "Dope." Yeah. They were probably like, "We're in." Yeah. Because Josie ditched them first. Mm-hmm. Do we even, like, still know anything about Mel? Uh, nope. Nope. She had, like, one line. I mean, I know this show is packed full and, like, characters like Hermione are getting the shaft because of how full it is. Yes. But, like, give Mel a little something. Right. Um, Veronica sings Union of the Snake, which is by Duran Duran. Oh, nice. And um, I'm just trying to find some of the lyrics that are really relevant here. I didn't realize how on point that song choice was. Yeah, neither yeah. did I. Um, so it's looking like the chorus goes, voices in your body coming through the radio. The union of the snake is on the climb. Moving up, it's going to race. It's going to break through the borderline. Okay. Yeah. 
So cool. So you could definitely talk about like the unification of like all of the serpents. Like clearly she was like, ooh, what would be relevant? That song. Yeah. <laughs> I respect her for that. I'm a music choice ho. Yeah, like just right on the nose sometimes. Ho. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Can we move on to the next storyline? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to talk about Jughead and the serpents and Cheryl here. To me, this is the most interesting storyline. I agree. So it's been one week since last episode. Jughead is just like getting hit with joggers. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I guess. And uh, he's basically saying everything's the same and everything's different. And it's like, okay, but that means nothing. Welcome to high school, dummy. Yeah. Um, so the people who are jogging, it is headed up by Kevin and Chuck. So question, is this the running club or is this just the wrestlers having to run? Oh God. Imagine being in a running club. I think oh, that wrestlers. was definitely a thing when I was in, when I was in high school. I think though. I was actually in track a running team. club actually. I did track. Mm, not track. I did cross country. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I was, I was in, I was also in a skip rope club. Yeah. <laughs> it's where we just skipped rope in the gym. That's what it sounds like. Yep. Yeah. Sounds terrible. Well, I thought maybe explain it in case the title didn't make it real obvious. Sure. You never know. So we have this guy. His name was Augustus Pickens. And he was like a big colonel guy who was a big deal and was who Pickens Park was named after. Yo, does his name not just sound racist? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Augustus yep. Pickens. I'm like, yeah, you're probably racist. Jughead is not paying attention in class. And we have Mrs. Hagley. So I have some thoughts on Mrs. Hagley. Hold up, fam. Because of course you do. Okay, Miss Miss Hagley is what her name is in the comics. I I kind oh, she's of in love the comics. Yeah, I kind okay. of love what they're kind of doing here with the comics. Um, because like every faculty member at Riverdale High in the comics is old and white they're old and they're white like yes, that's basically are. their whole thing so miss hagley was the eldest teacher in the school she is has white hair and she's like just super heckin old and um yeah anyway this miss hagley is a beautiful woman of color yeah i love that they are recasting everyone to be far more diverse yeah mm-hmm. so anyway that's who miss hagley was mm-hmm Hagley doesn't um. really fit her, though, because she was beautiful. Exactly. She's not a hag. <laughs> um, Cheryl is doing her presentation. Do you, like, I'm trying to figure out if this is just a presentation she does every year or if this is, like, her oral presentation. I think she was just like, can I? Oh, no, because um, the teacher said, we're looking forward to hearing your oral history report, Mr. Jones. Yeah, but, she all, but then Cheryl also said, I do this every year. Yeah, probably because, like, when they do, like... When they do oral history, oral she history picks reports, that one. Like, I definitely... She shouldn't be allowed to do the same report every single year. I mean, no, you definitely shouldn't. Yeah. Feels like cheating. She probably has to revamp it. But either way, she uses the word grandpappy again. I'm what? gonna, like, start calling my cat that. Grandpappy? Grandpappy. I think That's not it's- a word people use, Cheryl. But his name was Barnabas B. Blossom. And so she wants to rename Pickens Day to Blossom Day. Boy, I wonder how that will help her cause in any way, shape, or form. 
And then Jughead's report is next week. This is what's so sad is that they start this episode with like, look at how proud Cheryl is to be a Blossom. She's always been proud to be a Blossom. And then she learns that being a Blossom actually has really terrible undertones and it, it breaks her heart. I think it sucks for her because like everything that has ever been magical about her family has been taken away from her. And mm-hmm. not just like, you know, like rich kid learns that not all people are rich kind of lesson. But, like, that her father was a monster and murdered her brother. Her mother's a prostitute. Like, there's nothing good in Cheryl's life. So, like, this was probably one of the last few good things she had. Yeah. And once again, she's learning, like, the ugly ugly reality of a lot of white people's history is they were terrible. Yeah. I like Cheryl's story in this episode a lot because Mm -hmm. her choice to march with the serpents and everyone at the end is like really empowering, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's lo- she's loaning such a loud voice and such a big name to such a good cause. She's like, if my name is bad, I'm going to step away from their legacy and do something good. This is interesting because we see Jughead use his white privilege incorrectly in this episode. Yeah. And Cheryl's yeah. kind of using her white privilege correctly, surprisingly. We didn't expect this from her, but it's exciting. Exactly. Yeah, because I think Cheryl understands shut up and listen, whereas Juggy mm-hmm. doesn't. No, not at all. All right, so Jughead is complaining that the serpents weren't invited to Pickens Day, and Veronica's like, no, 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 they were specifically invited. And he's like, yeah, we're the heckin' help. I mean, you know what? Valid point. Yeah. Well, rich people think that's a progressive thing to do. Like, oh, well, you're yeah. the help. No, 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 no. Equal. Yes, that would be preferable. And, like, what, in reality, have the serpents actually done anything wrong in a long time? Not really. They kind of just chill. Yeah. Individual serpents could be invited. All the serpents could be invited. If you want true integration of the north and south side, treat everyone the exact same way. Yeah. And, like, if you're worried about security, hire a private security firm. But at the same time, no one's going to have any cause to do anything. The ghoulies are all in jail. Also, notice how none of them are wearing their uniforms anymore. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> what that, was the point of that? <laughs> that pl- to probably to give Ronnie something to do last episode. Yeah. Um, he references Snowpiercer, which was a 2013 English language South Korean Czech science fiction action film. I heard based it's one on of the a French ever graphic made. novel. I heard it's really good. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely and heard that it's incredible. It stars Chris Evans and Octavia Spencer and Tilda Swinton and John Hurt and a bunch of other people, which is fucking cool. That's a stacked cast. Yeah, and there's, like, like even more people in this seen. list, but I just... So, anyway, he says that, like, they're the ones who are eating the cockroaches, which I assume is something that happens in the movie. So I mean, cool. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a class thing. So then Tony shows up. Wait, I have a question for you guys. Okay, okay. Okay, so two scenarios. Yeah. One, it's the end of the world and you've got nothing to eat. Mm-hmm. Would you eat a cockroach? No, I've died already. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. If I had nothing else, yeah. Okay. Two, someone offers you on a dare chocolate-covered cockroaches. No. Unless I get money for that dare. Fair. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I like dares do not... Like, when I was in maybe middle school, I'd be like, oh, no, they dared me. Uh, my social status. But, now, like, dares do not phase me at all <laughs> at this point. How, 
like yeah it would have to be money or else i'd be like no like why like why would i do that i mean nutrition it's covered in chocolate do cockroaches even have any nutritional value they feel like the bottom dwellers of bugs i'm sure they do I'm not sure this is super relevant to the episode. Um, but if we don't have any fun irreverence, then what's the point of podcasting? Wow. T. You're so smart. Thank you so <laughs> much. Anyway, Tony shows up. $10 word. <laughs> and, what about Tony? Uh, he's like, yeah, I have to go interview her grandfather for my oral report because he's the oldest living serpent. So that's cool. And Betty's like, sigh, because Betty doesn't know that Tony likes girls. <laughs> Yeah, but also Betty should know better. True. Like, I'm kind of tired of the Betty, like, pining thing, because it's like, um, y'all should have talked more in your relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Plus, y'all probably should, like, learn to be friends, too. Yeah, Kevin was like, Jughead's gonna be back. Are you gonna be okay with that, Betty? And she's like, what? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in denial at all. It's fine. Actually, I have to go. The more that Juggy and Betty uh, drift apart, the closer Betty and Kevin get. And I can't be sorry about that. I love Kevin. Oh, (laughs) Sam's mouthing to me something. I'm like, what? And she goes, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, okay. (laughs) Now I can't sneeze. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, payback for all the sneezes you stole from me. So Kevin. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So Kevin's great. But we're not talking about Kevin right now. But I want to talk about Kevin. I think it's funny that Jughead is like... Listen, we're not allowed to talk about the fact that I'm a serpent. Like, that's not even a thing that we're allowed to talk about, you know. But I am going to do my oral history report all about serpents. Hope that's chill. I mean, I would say that this is dumb, except that it's Juggy, and Juggy is sometimes dumb. Yep. So I'm just going to read this as Juggy has a rebellious streak that does not coincide well with uh, self-preservation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So sense. he's meeting this guy. His name is Thomas Topaz, and he's uh, Tony's grandpa. And he is like one of the founders of the Serpents, which is cool. And he's played by Graham Greene, I believe, who was in New Moon, and that's how I know him. <laughs> <laughs> why are you like this? You know why I'm like this? Because I uh. liked I liked YA novels in my youth, and I still do. I was gonna say, uh, is your youth now also? Yes. Like, well, yes. When did your youth end? But they're talking about the Uctana tribe. And I think I want to be like, okay, yeah, this is great. Because Graham Greene, I know, is Native American. Mm -hmm. But I checked, Vanessa Morgan is not Native American. Or, I mean, she's from Canada, so she's not First Nations or Aboriginal. Yeah, Um, I was going to say, Native American is more Aboriginal, isn't it? Yeah, well, I checked, I was like, do they use First Nations or Aboriginal in America? I don't know if that's a... Do you? No. The thing that they say. No, they they say first name, or they say Native American, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we use First Nations or Aboriginal. So either way, Graham Greene, yes. Vanessa Morgan, no. So how do we feel about that? Um, I wish that I'd known earlier that her character was supposed to be Aboriginal or Native American. Right. Um, she was born in Ottawa, but her father is from Tanzania and her mother is Scottish. He's from Tanzania? Yes. That is so cool. Okay, so let's talk about the fact that Aboriginal actors rarely actually get cast, and so I wish they'd established earlier that Tony was supposed to be Native American because it would have changed like how I viewed that character in terms of, oh, was this the right actress for this casting? Right. Because now you look at it and she's not. 
Right. Okay. I don't know. What do you guys think? It, it makes me uncomfortable just because I'm always yeah. sitting here being like, I, I was talking on the Lost podcast recently that there was a character who was supposed to be Japanese, but he kept being played by Korean actors. Yeah. And that's not how it's like, the whole thing is that all, all Asian people don't look the same. You know, like that's the whole thing about how like Chinese people, Japanese people and Korean people are different ethnicities. Yes. And so, I mean, she would be, I, it's not African-American because she's Canadian. So what's the word what? that I should use? She's black. She's half black. So she's not Aboriginal and they're not the same. No. Right. So I'm sad. <laughs> I was it's like, where is she going with this? It's like, we appreciate that she is played by a person of color. Yes. Amelia, of course. Not everyone is interchangeable. You, yeah. Yes. You can't blur okay, yeah. who's who just because they have the same skin shade. Right. And establishing the serpents as something that has arisen from Native American culture changes a lot of things about the serpents. And yeah. Juggy being the ringleader of a group that was founded by Native Americans, but he is now white, has a lot of colonialist overtones. It's re- Yeah, mm-hmm. because all of the other serpents that we really care about, other than the Joneses, are people of color. Yeah. Um, Sweet Pea and Fangs and Tony are all people of color. Yeah. So the fact that two white men are running the serpents Hmm. and that no one, and that basically like they're the only ones with any real input or power, that makes a huge imbalance in the whole show. Yeah. And I'm actually like, as you know, as sloppy as that is in the, you know, second hour edition, I like that they did it. Yeah. I like that they're exploring this story territory. Where's tall boy? Where's he been recently? He's not a person of color. Yeah, he's yeah he's probably in a bar. Probably he's hanging out with FP, who also hasn't been here recently. Yeah, where the hell is FP? Penny wasn't uh, wasn't a person of color either. Anyway, I'm just saying things. Petty, she was a white woman who tried to use other people for. I did it again. She said petty. Why do I always do that? I mean, she is petty. Oh, you're right. But her name is Penny. (laughs) I can't get her name right. Okay, so the Uktena means horned serpent, which is a thing in Harry Potter now, so that's exciting. And basically they're like, okay, well, how did that involve- evolve into the serpents? And he's like, no, it-, it didn't evolve. There was a literal genocide. Okay, so I just went and did all of this research. <laughs> Great. Okay, first of all, the horned serpent thing J.K. Rowling stole from actual Native Americans. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, she absolutely, loves yes. appropriating other cultures. But Uktena <laughs> is like Native American folk folklore basically Mm -hmm. so the writers even though this is not a tribe that actually exists yeah um they created it from native american folklore and are using it to tell a native american story as opposed to joe rowling who stole all of that and then used it to tell white people's stories so you're saying riverdale's doing a better job than jk rowling yeah and isn't that quite the concept (laughs) so when his grandfather was a baby there was a huge Genocide is basically what happened. Except they're not using the word genocide, but it was a genocide. Yeah. Pickens was the one who did it. It only lasted 12 minutes. And so they formed the serpents to keep their family together. Some people know, but that's just how it is. And then Tony uses the the phrase whitewashing. Which isn't the way that we know the phrase whitewashing in normal, like, lingo, normal colloquialism. But... Is this what whitewashing was originally? Wait, what are you talking about? What do you mean it's not what whitewashing is? She, like, the way that we hear what whitewashing is, is it's just, like, 
this character was supposed to be uh, a person of color and now it's being played by a white actor. Um, no, that's not all that whitewashing. Yeah, okay, yes, please Tony explain. Uses it correctly. Yeah, it's a it's a multi-use phrase to reference both historical events and things in media. Okay, perfect. So this yeah. is like a perfect example of like literal and actual whitewashing. Yeah, awesome. like most of American history has been whitewashed to make white people still be the good guy. I mean, look at pictures of Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. Jesus has literally been whitewashed. Mm-hmm. So Jughead has written an entire story about it, like not even just for his oral report. Now he wants to publish it in the blue and gold. And uh, apparently the uh, Pickens was hired by Barnabas B. Blossom to kill all of these people. Um, and now he's talking about how the serpents are now being ostracized and, and it's completely unfair. And, you know, Tony has a sad grandpa who can't do anything. <laughs> Frick. And it's like, the phrasing of that. Tony is no. a sad grandpa who can't do anything. <laughs> and so, you know, he's like, everyone's honoring Pickens now. And this is garbagey. And Betty's like, well, sh- you should get a quote from Hiram. And he's like, okay, I heckin' will. I like that this plot line is kind of straddling the line between subtle and extremely overt. Uh-huh. With, like, what happened last year in Statesville. Was it Statesville? Nope. Where, where, where? Charlottesville. Yeah. I like that they're doing it and like really taking on like racist monuments, racist history, and yeah. people are standing up and saying, "Hey, um, by the way, like these your heroes murdered like a bunch of people, so yeah, maybe stop." <laughs> Betty's like, "You should get a quote from Hiram." So Jughead's like, "I will." So he goes and he calls up Hiram, and Hiram's like, "Hello," and he's like, "Hi, I'm writing an article about how garbagey you are. Can I get a quote?" And he's like, mm, "Click." I don't think so. <laughs> Um, but also, I think that him hanging up is even more telling than if he would have talked it out with him. Yeah. Yeah. That makes him look worse, I think. Well, yeah, he could have at least even said no comment and it would have been better. Yeah, and said, like, I just imagine Jughead on the other on the other line being like, hello? Oh, okay. And now he gets to print that he was hung up on, which is going to make a great tweet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tony's not pleased about this article that has been printed. Um, and... I think that not only does the blame lie on Jughead's shoulders mainly, but also I'm sure Betty read it through before printing it. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. And probably went, yeah, okay, whatever. Or was it just like, oh, well, I'm too embarrassed to talk to him about how this isn't great. I don't think Betty would have noticed. Betty is very unaware of a lot of things. That's true. She's got her own crap going on. Yeah. So, yeah, basically she's like... You, I know that you hate the North Side and how this is all like, everything's garbage in my life, but like, this was not your story to tell, which is literally the moral, yeah. Because the thing was originally for a report and Juggy decided to blow it up in the blue and gold, right? Yeah. Right, right, like, they didn't even give him permission to do that, I don't think. Yeah, so technically, he, uh, like, used those quotes out of context. Mm-hmm. Any journalist worth their salt would not do this. No. Yeah, and he shaped it to tell his own narrative instead of the Uchenna and Tony and her grandfather's narrative. Exactly. So Cheryl and her mother are at the grave slash a statue of Pickens. Why is it both? Huh? I, I don't know. Why is it, it a grave and a statue? Is it? That's a really weird place. Like, I'm Isn't hoping it, it's just um, a statue. I like thought it was, was like a little mausoleum thing. Oh. Mm. Either way, it's weird. That's true. That's so true. she's putting down flowers and Cheryl's like, um, dude, didn't you read Jughead's article? Like everything is 
bad about this dude. And Penelope's like, um, yeah, like we knew this this entire time. And Cheryl's like, okay, so our family was responsible for a genocide for like basically nothing. And ooh, Penelope says, this is my real question about this, okay? Mm. Penelope says, we had a hand in everything. Okay, Clifford was the one who was a blossom. Penelope, we're assuming, married into the Blossoms. Yeah. So, girl, your family did nothing. (laughs) Yeah, but she very much considers herself a Blossom. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if she completely renounced her maiden name and her former family in order to really assimilate with the Blossoms. That's why, and, and that's a reason why I think it's really important to stress that she's not an actual Blossom, because if she was, you know... Uh, this whole relationship thing that's potentially going on with Hal would be extra weird. Oh. Hal, can you imagine? Hal Ew! Be, Hal's like, no, stay away, P- Polly, from he's, you're related to him, but it's okay if I do it. Yeah. But, so that's why I that's think it's important. That's why it's only okay in canon, because they're not related. Yeah. Shinky. She married into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the word okay is a bit of a... And by okay, yeah. I mean... It's not incest. <laughs> I mean, it's not incest, and it gets Hal away from Alice and frees her up for FP. I hate that the bare minimum for okay in this show is, well, it's not incest. Yeah. So. It's not incest, but it is adultery. And yeah. you see what the you see what the writers are doing here, because they're saying, okay, well, if we have Hal cheat first, that means Alice is not the bad guy. Hal is yes. the bad guy, and so we still like Alice, and she's able to be in this new relationship. Which I'm fine with because I think it's about damn time that the narrative took Alice's side. Yeah. T. Um, But also I do feel like Hal is being done dirty. Oh, he totally is. They're throwing Hal's character under the bus in order to prop Alice up. But think of how many times in television history you've seen that happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Almost never. Yeah. Um, Jughead goes and apologizes. Well, kind of apologizes. He's like, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm apologizing, but it's still about me. Oh, so the Logan Paul. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, he's like, listen, I'm really upset about how they're taking the drive-in and now they're taking the school and everything's bad. And Tony's like, thought there was supposed to be an apology in here, but okay. <laughs> I'm Tony. Yep. <laughs> and her, her grandpa is like, well, like, we can't really take it back. And so we have to heal this thing that's happened. And here's my idea. It's a protest. And I think that is the best idea of disruptive passive resistance. Shout out to Thomas Topaz. Will we yeah. ever see him again? Probably not. Probably not. But should he's we like, see him again? Absolutely. Would like to. He's he's the Nana Rose of the South Side. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, they show up for their protest and Cheryl joins them, which is her doing the right thing, and I'm very happy for her and, and everything's out. good. But she like hands her apple to Penelope, and I'm sitting here thinking this was a caramel apple. Yeah, I was really like concerned it was gonna get like I saw it and I'm I could feel the fur oh. getting stuck to the caramel apple oh. and I was like I am uncomfortable. I know, and then she just pulls it away and I'm just like, What were you just holding it? You weren't eating your caramel apple, you weren't licking your caramel apple, like Well, Cheryl has to pretend to be like a real person from time to time right and this is this is her actually becoming one but but yeah as soon as she put that in her coat i was like ah anyway so the point of this is that cheryl is using her experience in her family to do some good yeah and help other people go cheryl i like um cheryl's personality in this episode is very much 
girl who wants to do better. Yeah. What'll her personality be in the next episode? We don't know. We never know. It changes every time. Because remember when she didn't want the serpents in her school and now she's joining them for a protest? Literally last episode? Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, I mean... I'm not going to complain because I like this Cheryl better. Yeah. Do you remember like episodes ago when she was like literally a creepy person who was sending creepy notes and, and then literal pig hearts? Yep. Huh. Don't know her. <laughs> you no. Know, don't. Don't know. She's just got a new personality every episode. So Tony starts doing this really um, genuine speech and everything. And Hiram goes up and takes it over and really spins it. And actually, like, I'm quite impressed. Why? Because... This could have gone terribly, but the way that he spins it somehow works. And everybody does applaud. It's amazing. I think it's a load of crap. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, it's terrible, but, like, it works. Yeah, it does. It it is successful, which sucks because I think part of the reason it's successful is because no one wants to hear what Tony has to say because it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. So here comes this nice man up there to say, hey... The thing that we all, like that all our families did, you don't have to feel bad about it or face any of the consequences or even say sorry because I'm going to make it better through money. And everyone's like, oh, great. Uh, convenient. And be like, oh, great. I have been absolved from all of my guilt. Thank you so much. And he's like, oh, it's so good that we live in a town where people can stand up for what they believe in and like, look at the culture of our town. And you're like, ah. Hiram and Jughead have so much in common. So Jughead tries to run up there and Tony's grandpa's like, bro, we just had this talk. Yeah. This is not a you problem. Did you learn nothing? Yeah. Lastly in this storyline, Pickens has been decapitated and they think it's probably the serpents. I think it was Cheryl. Oh, I like the idea that it was Cheryl. Ooh, I like that. I knew that it was. We like when we were watching it, we both were like, that wasn't the serpents. No. Yeah, but I like that it might be Cheryl because the blood is like her signature red The red paint, yeah. And also it's amazing to me that like they didn't catch them doing this because like that was made of like heckin' steel or something or like bronze. You can't just take a piece off of that. Well, here's the interesting thing about racist monuments. Tell me. I learned so much on the internet. Uh Uh-huh. So there's actually a direct correlation between protests and the erection of racist monuments. Uh-huh. And it is... Can you stop laughing at me using the word erection? Okay. So America has this thing where the minute any kind of like protest or anything like that against white men who basically like committed genocide or were racist or any of these things goes up, the protests start and America goes, we must hush this and actually make more of them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these statues aren't actually made out of anything more than like aluminum. Oh, I see. Okay. Because they're mass produced and they're produced quickly. So there's actually graphs showing the production of those monuments and protests because it makes white people more comfortable to see more of those statues around. So they had to make them fast to silence people who were protesting. All right, cool. Yep. I mean, not cool, but like, that's an interesting fact. Look it up. Um, Let's talk about the Coopers. Yes. So they're doing this thing where they have shots of them sitting at the breakfast table three different times. And it's like an interesting parallel. But um, once again, they're sitting on the same side of the table. And realistically, you would not do that. And it's annoying. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't do that. No. Yeah, it's like very fourth wall directed. They keep doing that. And I'm like, stop. Is that is that a weird heckin uh, tradition here in Riverdale? 
It's it might strange. be. It's strange. But either way, Hal is like, so how long are you here for? And Alice is like, as long as he wants. <laughs> and Hal's just like, I'm just trying to plan my life, Alice. Which <laughs> is me. Sam, I'm showing Sam the proof of um, statues of Confederate soldiers across the South, cheaply mass produced. Hang on. I'm just po- I'm posting this up here. So you can find this on the way that I found it is literally Googling racist monument production. Nice. <laughs> it's just that the way you said it makes it seem like they made more very recently and put them out all around. They still do. To get white people to come down. They still do. Who? They who? They weren't mass produced like in the last 15 years. No, but like the last probably 50 or so. During the... Like the 1950s at died. Yeah, because they were trying to keep black people oppressed and remind them like who like won, quote unquote. So like they would put up statues of like these white Confederate heroes to like basically keep people in their places. No, right. That makes sense. But it, it may, the way you said it earlier made it sound like you meant that they were mass produced within the last year, which is when all the oh, protests outcry has been happening. No, 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 no. Sorry. Which like didn't make sense to me because if people are protesting in mass they're not stupid enough to go and make more like they're stupid enough to not tear them down but they're not stupid enough to go and make yeah no more they're not making more off. no okay but anyway pickens beheading is not the worst thing that's ever happened correct true so hal's just trying to plan his life and like same i love that <laughs> line so much because like me I relate to this. I'm just yeah. trying to plan my life. You should have that line on a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm just trying to I plan mean, my life, like, Alice. Also yeah. relatable. So basically he's like, yeah, we have no answers about anything in your life. And that's annoying. Hal should be saying this to Alice in private. It's really upsetting that he says it right to his face. There must be something wrong. And we're going to talk about this later. And I'm really excited. I mean, the thing about Hal is that, or Hal and Alice is I don't think they have any kind of relationship at all outside like they they like sleep in the same bed and they're like okay bye in the morning yeah yeah Yeah. i don't think they talk to each other i don't think they hang out with each other i don't think they have any method of communication at all and i think they're a dead marriage they used to be like i feel like they used to be happy because you know they worked together they like owned the riverdale register like they were like a whole thing but but yeah things are really falling apart for those two and it's kind of too bad because they I, were happy, I feel like. I don't know if they were happy, but I think that they were con- content. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. I feel like there was a time in their marriage when they were yeah. happy. But I don't think we've seen any of that time on screen, even including season one. Okay, I would probably and agree with that. The, I mean, like, given like all of like, our basically group shared theory that Chick is obviously not yes. Hal's. The fact that their marriage and their relationship was all built on covering up her child with another man and forcing her to, you know, sort of adhere to an image that he had in his head of her. And she, of course, willingly did that, too. I feel like their whole marriage is based on, like, a series of fallacies. That's an interesting word choice. (laughs) Considering their their widely accepted ship name, which is terrible. (laughs) They're called snake I mean, parents. Even yes, Skeet is out not- here being like, yeah, isn't it cool? They're calling it phallus. And I'm like, you're an adult. You should know what that word means. I don't think anyone hears it. When you say phallus out loud, there's there's phallus and then there's phallus. Like it sounds the same, but in my head it's pronounced differently. Oh. But it sounds stupid. Yeah, yes. Like you're saying your ship name is a dick. Yeah. <laughs> So, dear Machen and Ski, please listen to us and call it Snake Parents. Thanks so yeah. much. Thank you. 
Because, like, I didn't think you could do worse than Bughead. But they did. But they no, did. They can. Okay, Brittany, here's the goal. Getting Machen or Ski on the podcast and being like, hi, okay, so this is a question from me. Um, did you know that <laughs> phallus means dick? I, I, I truly wonder if they've said it out loud. And, like, what would they say? If, like, I run into Machen on the shoot, we're just going to be like, babe. Babe. Love you so much. Think you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Also, your ship name is a male organ. Are you aware of that? How do you feel about that? Thoughts? Please. Thoughts? Tell me. Opinions. Here's my feelings. card. Come on our podcast and tell <laughs> and me about how says, dumb you now feel. No, just you have to write on your card now. Change Snake it to Prince. Saint Parents. Yeah. Yeah. Please. And that's what you give to her. Yeah. So basically, Hal is saying, we don't know anything about you. And Chick's like, okay, sup. What you want to know then? <laughs> and Hal goes, okay, well... Why, why, why were you stabbed? <laughs> and it's like, you know what? As annoying as that is, that's a fair that's question. A, that's a totally fair question. He's like, well, my landlord guy's named Marcel. And he is the one who gives me like clients and stuff. And I didn't feel like working today. So he got really mad. I did not even realize that the guy who attacked Chick was the same guy from the front desk. Oh, you didn't? No, I totally didn't realize that. I should have, but I totally didn't. Oh, well, that's unfortunate for you, I guess. Um, okay. So either way, he, <laughs> I think, like, okay, mm. if he's a cam boy, then like, he's not supposed to be having clients like come to him, right? Or like, can um, someone explain to me what that yeah, means? Clients shouldn't be coming to him, but he would have to turn on his camera and be live for Fam, like, he's a prostitute. that hour. No, he's, he's a cam boy. But he's also a prostitute. Clearly, if he has clients that come to him, he, he, he probably has private clients that watch his cam, but then also come to have sex with him. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Why would you have a client who, when you're a cam boy, that comes to you if you're not? Why? Whoever said that anyone is coming to him? Pre- they said they, last episode, they, I believe. They said last episode. He said that he clients. said he he kicked out Betty and an Alice because he had a client he had a coming. Client coming. Let me check. Well, t- that I took that to mean once we got the context of him being a cam boy that. He had to turn on his computer and get naked. I mean, maybe. <laughs> okay, hold up. Let me let me look for this actual. I have a client on the way. It could be either. He says, he says yeah. I have a client on the way. But I think there. I mean, maybe the show doesn't want to actually like explore the idea of a teenage prostitute, which I wish they wouldn't. Um, because well, he's an adult very, though, right? Yeah, he's yeah, but Betty isn't. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. But another thing is that like they're exploring the difference between like uh, Penelope, who's out here being a sex worker, but um. C- consenting to it and then they have chick here who's being a sex worker but isn't been, like, happy and that very likely the other guy is his pimp right do we still use the word pimp in the 21st century i don't know like do we still use phrases like pimp and john do i sound old <laughs> yes oh my god am i old oh yes. boy shut up so he's like okay well what what kind of clients and alice is like um let's not let's not do that and Betty's like, no, actually, let's do that. I'm. I would like to also know. Mm-hmm. So he says all kinds. Like, I guess there are mean people and there are nice people. Blah blah blah. Either way, I'm a little bit. I'm worried for him. And he's like, we can compare scars or or like I have some scars to show you. And I'm like, bud, are you okay? And then Betty just casually brings up that she has scars in her hands. Yes, that's and another I- thing that annoys me is that Alice doesn't even like blink an eye at that. So here's the thing. I want to know if Alice already knew about that. Mm. And two, if she does it too. Right. 
Because they could have both gotten it from her. But also, how pretentious does Betty sound by being like, I have scars too. Crescent moons on my palms. Yeah, it sounds like she's got such aesthetic scars. And he's over here like in knife fights. Yeah. (laughs) Like if I ever hit my look at her, I'd be like, what the hell? Bless you, you beautiful tropical starfish. You don't know anything about anything. (laughs) But also like... He's getting his scars from like other people and she's doing self-harm. And like that's yeah, they're totally, two totally different. different yeah. But I mean, I think the show is trying to clumsily pull a parallel that like they probably get this trait from Alice. It has to be that, right? Right. And and he I even says, I used to do that too. So like that's another thing that they're saying he used to. So clearly he's gone past that. So Betty thinks, oh, well, if he doesn't do that anymore, what he's doing is good. And, like, they're also linking it to mental health and how sex work, like, links to mental health. And this is, this is bad. Yeah, like, don't say this to teenagers. Stop now. Bad things. (laughs) But let's move on to the next scene. So they all think that Chick is super cute. Um, and Kevin's like, man, this guy looks really familiar. So apparently Kevin is just on, on the cams all the time. Yeah. Kevin, like, stepped out of the closet and he was like, I am here. (laughs) And I am queer. And I am ready well, to watch some Camboys. <laughs> he didn't tell everybody else that he's been watching Camboys. That's true. Just Betty. He well, he didn't. Betty knows no, he didn't much. even really tell Betty. He, he did just know. well accidentally. He just says he looks familiar. Yeah, which is not revealing in his head that the place that he's seen him is porn. is watching porn. <laughs> Yet until he calls Betty and says, "Yeah, I figured out how I know him. It's because he's porn." Oh yeah, that's right. And yeah. then, and then afterward, he and Betty talk about watching porn. Oh my god! I like. I, this is why I love their friendship because, like, Betty knows a weird amount about Kevin's sex life. It's yeah. true, and Kevin knows a weird amount amount about Betty's. Like, they're just like the I best respect friends. That. Yeah, I love them though. Um, but either way, Jughead's like, how how do you know him from your like escapades in the heckin' woods? And he's like, oh yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whatever. But she's like, yeah. My mom treats him like he's 10 years old and my dad treats him like he's the devil spawn. I think that's a hint, you guys, because does not spawn mean like the child of. Child of, yeah. Yes. And if he call- treats him like the devil spawn, the, the, yep. the spawn that we think it is, is Alice and him. Yep. So it, like, uh, it, do you understand what I'm saying? It's gotta be FP's Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's gotta be FP's kid because yes. he hates him so much. He hates him so much and there's no reason a man would hate his own child like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, uh, a man with a functioning relationship would not hate the child of his wife like that. Yeah. Or hate a child at all. If he wasn't, like, massively insecure about their relationship, uh, he wouldn't hate him like that. And he takes no responsibility in helping to put Chick in the situation that he's in. Yeah. Like, at no point does Hal go, oh, we kind of screwed this kid over. We should maybe fix this. So, guys. Yeah. Do you think that FP knows that they have a kid together? Uh, I can't. Yes um, and no? I want to say yes. I want to say because no. Okay. You tell me why you think yes. Yeah. Because of the, they weren't all mistakes. Were, yeah, I was thinking that. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. I think. But mm-hmm. he could think. He could not know at all what happened to the kid because she had him as the sisters and they probably didn't tell him anything. He could have assumed that she had had an like, abortion. I mean, he could have. Or Hal told him that. Right, right, yeah. Oh. And that's part of the reason they broke up. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. The reason why I think no is mainly just because I want it to be no because I love the angst. And I want uh-huh. like that moment where they're just like, oh yeah, Betty's like long lost brother is here. And he's like, what? Guys, what's going to happen to Bughead when it turns out they're related? Well, they're not <laughs> related. They have a shared sibling. They're not related. Okay. I mean, I mean unless Betty is also a Whoa! peace child. But like the incest line is real, real thin. There's there. so much incest in this show. Like that that's I a mean, thin line to walk. Bughead's already disintegrating. They don't need any help. Although, if you take a look at the um the thing that we've been given for the Carrie musical that they are going to be doing later this season, I think that they had um released uh bios for like, you know, in in the program of a play, if you see it, like the cast gets a mm-hmm. bio of who they are and such. And it's looking like Veronica and Archie are still together and that Bughead has potentially gotten back together. So I don't know. Interesting. Anyway, I just really want this moment where FP realizes that he has another son. I think I would enjoy that as long as it doesn't lead to him getting angry at Alice. Right. For not telling him. Yeah. Oh. Because I, because yeah. like, I mean, it's gonna though, and I kind of want to see that angst. I, I mean, I want to see the angst, but I also want to see them make out. Yeah. Both things could happen at the same time. I want both so bad. <laughs> like, why not both? Veronica calls him the omen which is a 1976 English-language supernatural horror film. With Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. And it concerns a young child replaced at birth by an American ambassador, unbeknownst to his wife, after their own son was murdered at the hospital. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay, there's a lot of things going on. Either way, I think, you know, they... Wait, read the plot? Uh, Okay. It's the first installment of a The Omen franchise. The Omen concerns a young child replaced at birth by American ambassador... Robert Thorne, unbeknownst to his wife after their own son was murdered at the hospital, enabling the son of Satan to grow up with wealth and power. They are surrounded by mysterious and ominous deaths, unaware that the child, Damien, is the Antichrist. Okay, so it's like an awkward link to the fact that it's still not his kid. Right, all right. So yeah, Veronica calls him the omen. And they reference like three separate films in this episode that i think would be a better name for the episode than the wrestler <laughs> the that omen is true yeah. but also i want them to have a episode later in the season called the omen and we're gonna know it's about chick Ooh, i like that but they also talk about snowpiercer which wouldn't be as good but uh veronica calls it Foxcatcher, which is about wrestling so they could they should have called it Foxcatcher. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, because yeah. that's a way better name. But why why do something that's like an illusion when you could just hit it right <laughs> on the nose? The only time they've ever done that. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, bring him to Pickens Day and then we can all meet him. And then she does and no one goes to talk to him. I mean, didn't notice that until right now. Yep. That's upsetting. Uh, later in the episode, they're showing Chick photos, like family photos in the background when Kevin calls and we learn that he's a cam boy. Like, yeah, okay, basically that's it. Like, that didn't feel like a plot twist to me. No. Probably because no. we guessed it in the in our last podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. When I was just like, ha, ah, what if he's a camboy? We were all like, ha, 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 what if? Whoops. <laughs> okay, so then they talk about how they both were on the webcams last night, basically, and how interesting it is. And she's like, but how do I bring it up with him? Like, do I bring it up with him? I mean, I feel like, he, I feel like that's something you should let someone tell you. Yeah. Yeah. 
but she doesn't. Um, and then Jughead shows up and he's like, sorry, am I interrupting? And they do the thing that they always do on this show where one person says no and one person says yes. And you're like, haha, shenanigans. I, I ad- admire Kevin's ability to be absolutely truthful in that moment. Yep. Because sometimes you just really want to be, am I interrupting something? Yeah, yeah a little bit, actually. Kinda. A little bit. Yeah. Chick comes home super pissed because Marcel sold all his stuff. And he's like, dude, I'm not living here long term. And he calls Betty crazy, which is unfortunate when she told him that she she does self-harm and then he calls her crazy. Yeah, that was kind of a dick move. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, it's almost like he has no interpersonal skills. Yeah, that's true. Because he has a big race family. other people. But she finds an old laptop and camera and gives it to him and he'll take it. I think that's really sweet, but I also think it kind of cracks me the frack up that, like, Betty's got, like, this rose gold MacBook, and she's like, here's an old laptop from Riverdale High. (laughs) It's real, though. Yeah. Now they're sitting at breakfast again, and Hal's like, you know who used to sit there? Polly. Isn't it weird that she's sitting on that side of the table when she should be sitting on the other side? That's what I thought, too. And it's like, (laughs) you know where you should sit, Hal? Anywhere else that isn't in their house. (laughs) That's the truth. Why don't you sit on the Blossoms couch? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> he's like you're just filling a void you're not even a real person blah 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 and he's like okay well i mean listen it doesn't really bother me i know that i'm not here for free but how could you say that to another person i know it's so mean like it's 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 cruel it's unjust it's unjustified like i just don't understand how you could be so mean to another person who has clearly had such a hard life yeah like i i get that you have your own issues but you know what you could do instead mm friggin text your other daughter and fix your crap she's like sorry no phone who <laughs> this i'm in a cult no phone well then that's your own fault yeah. Hal. you made your bed go lie in it six feet under oof and like it's very obvious that alice is the only one trying to fix that relationship yep yep like polly's not interested hal's not interested betty's only interested when polly shows up unannounced mm-hmm. so it's like so why is Hal so friggin' obsessed with Polly then? Remember what that when he was because watching she's... home videos of her? Yep. Well, she's his actual kid. Right. But he doesn't care enough and to now... go get her. He, he no, he doesn't. Her to be he just cares enough to use her as a prop against his like reasons to hate this kid because it's not his. Yep. Chick goes up to Betty and says, like, why did you buy me the laptop? And she's like, I didn't buy it. It's old. I found it in a drawer. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, like, why'd you come back for me? Duh. And she's like, I don't know, for my mom and for me, because you're my brother. And he's like, uh-uh, but why? What did you get out of it or whatever? And she's basically but saying, why? there's a darkness inside of me and I think you have it too and I need your advice. Help me. Hey, has anyone ever said to another human being, there's a darkness inside of me? Not I. No. Probably Ebony, Dementia, Raven, whatever. <laughs> Ebony, Darkness, Dementia, Raven way? Yeah. Yes, she definitely did. Yeah. That is accurate. Okay, but that is absolutely who Betty Cooper wants to be. Yeah. You know it. In well, your that's where the, the black look. Li- the black wig is coming back next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's like, I'm that's really- her persona. She's so ready for her goth phase, guys. <laughs> and yet she still wore a Peter Pan collar to the, to white, the white worm. worm. That will break me for the rest of my life. I want you to know this. Alice is really happy they're back at the table and she's like, yay, it's our first family outing even though Polly's not here. And Hal's like, actually, I'm not going to show up because he's not my real family. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to stay at home and like plan my life. She's like, okay, what I really meant was I'm going to snoop. 
Snoop. And so she's like, Chick, do you like maple snow cones? And he's like, no, I've never had one. And she's like, oh, I'm so excited for you to have one. Betty, I'm so happy. And it's like, yay. It's so cute. And so Hal comes up and it's just like, yo, you know what's up? And she's like, Hal, I thought you weren't coming. Can you just go? <laughs> you're, you're bringing us all down. You're a bummer. And he's like, I was a snooper. And it turns out this guy's a heckin' porn star or whatever. And he's all in Polly's room. And she's like, it's not Polly's room, it's Chick's room. And then she says the best line, which is, get out. Get the heck out. How? (laughs) I just live for, like, Alice standing up for herself and being like, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. And I'm like, yes, you should have gotten out of it years ago and not imprisoned your daughter. Here's the best part of the episode, when Hal says, he has to go and you know why. Yes. And then Betty's little, like... I crinkle because yeah. she's like, wait, I don't know why. Yo, it's because it's not his son. And I really think that this whole thing with Hal and Penelope is really setting that up. And um, I've never been happier. Mood. Yeah. I love how Snake Parents keeps getting like tiny morsels of content. Yep. I even like though they that. haven't interacted in like three episodes. And then we talk about it for the most of the pod. <laughs> But we have our priorities in order. Subtext is fun to explore sometimes more than actual text because, you know, in a lot of cases, especially with this episode, the social commentary of the classism speaks for itself, whereas the relationship between FP and Alice is being laid out in a way that we want to walk down that path. I want to stroll. I want to mosey down that path. All three of us holding hands, wearing snake parents t-shirts, just going, yes, lead us to our salvation. Uh, Hal is sitting by himself with his snow cone. And Penelope comes up and says, do you want a proper dessert? That's filthy and smooth as heck. <laughs> and she's like, you need I gotta company. Go for props I'm for not that. doing anything. I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. And he smiles. This, if that, like, That's not before. the Hal I know. The Hal I know. Oh, God, he has cheated on her. Would be like, he? ugh. Uh, that's not the Hal I know. No, it's the Hal I know. Okay. <laughs> um, I, mean, I clocked him it. for being garbage, like... This is, again, this is the same guy who voluntarily put Polly at the sisters and then did not, like, repent about it while Alice did. And the same guy who tried to convince both his wife and And his his daughter daughter to have an abortion. And the guy who broke into Sheriff Keller's office. And stole Alice Fowles, yeah. To cover up his incestuous daughter (laughs) who didn't know she was committing incest. Hal has a hard life. Hal has not shown me any growth besides teaching Betty how to fix cars once. But once again, let us say that the guy who plays Hal does a great job. He's so good. He does do a great job. He's so good. We support you guy who plays Hal. We just don't support Hal. Robin, should you look that actor up so we don't sound like assholes? I'd love to. I appreciate his behind the scenes on Instagram. He has a great Instagram and he seems to genuinely really love being on the show. His name is Lachlan Monroe. Thank you for your work. (laughs) I... Enjoy him. I think you're doing Thank a you for good job. He is doing a good job. Remember that time when we thought he was the Black Hood? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't be dissuaded from any Black Hood theories until we have more yeah. progress on that front. Exactly. Um, Chick goes to Betty and confesses that he watched her sleep. Um, and he realizes that the reason why she brought him here was because she's really alone. And uh, he does the cams to make money and to escape and be somebody else. And now she's just like, I want to do that too. Except she's a minor. And if there's anything that the internet loves, it's underage girls. Ah. Yeah. Things are bad. Okay. I am uncomfortable. 
comfortable. This show already has an uncomfortable relationship with teenage sexuality and them, like, you know, from the explicit scenes between Archie and Grundy. Archie to, yeah, Archie and Grundy, Archie and Veronica, Kevin going, like, looking for trade in the forest. Like, all of this stuff is very graphic and too informative for a show whose demo does absolutely include teenagers. Yep. 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 Because it, it normalizes a lot of this behavior and it should not. That's that's another big problem is that they're talking about like, hey, if you have mental health issues, this is a way you can fix it. And also, you know, all these people who are watching, most of them are teenagers. Yeah. Bad. You know how you fix mental health issues? First of all, like, I hate the idea of like fixing mental health, right. but you can help deal with the things going on in your life and working on your mental health by going to a professional therapist. Thank you so much. Yes. Shall we talk about Archie and Hiram? Oh, I'd rather Alas, not. we must. If we have to. I just, I don't want to at all. Thanks. I am done. Well, we'll go through Good it night. quick then. <laughs> <laughs> so Archie is playing basketball um, because he is Troy Bolton. Yeah. And, um, okay, this is the most important scene in this storyline to me, which is not Archie playing basketball, but Sweet Pea and Reggie playing basketball. Um, how do you feel about this? I feel great because Sweet Pea, um, knocks Reggie to the ground. And you're like, oh my god, I ship it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, this is the, the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. But it's weird to me that he's like, yeah, I can't wear... I can't show my tattoos usually, but in gym class I can. <laughs> I mean, all rules go out the door in gym I class. I feel like he must have gone to Weatherby and been like, dude, I can't wear turtlenecks in gym class. It's just unsafe. Yeah. And maybe Weatherby was like, okay, fine, just in gym class. I don't know. I'm just making up things at this point. You're trying to find logic where there is no logic. I'm so That's sorry. That's usually how I do it. Um, so we have Adams. And he's like, yes, here's the contract I totally figured out for you. Uh, Yeah, your dad's safe. So that's pretty dope. Neat. And Archie's like, dude, all these people were at my house last night. He was like, well, who was there? And he's like, yeah, well, here's a list of people, but not Veronica. And how do you feel about that? I feel like he, he said that he wanted Veronica and Fred safe. And then he just got the contract for Fred. So he's trying to keep Veronica safe still, I guess. I mean, yeah. But he's like, why weren't you there? And he's like, I was at basketball because I have a life, Arthur. I've got a basketball <laughs> game tomorrow. I have a basketball tomorrow. game tomorrow. And uh, he's like, okay, Wait, well. raise your hand if you played basketball in high school. High school that. or middle school? Middle school. Any school. Not in gym class. No, I played in middle school and elementary school. Okay. But by the time I got to high school, I realized I was bad at sports. Okay, my hand's up. Your hand's up. Robin's hand is probably not up. <laughs> not like you're saying... Like actually, extracurricular. Like not in gym class. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, absolutely. As not. a sport. Absolutely. Robin, I have an not. important question for you. Yes. Did you play any extracurricular sports? I sure did, sport? bud. What did you play? I played softball, my dude. Heck yeah! Y'all played the gayest sport. Team softball. My I parents put me in there. Is it because they wanted you to socialize more and not spend all your time reading fan fiction? I didn't read fan fiction. Oh, I'm sorry. Writing fan fiction? No, I didn't write fan fiction either. I just read Harry Potter and Twilight over and over again. Yeah, that's why my mom put me in sports, but then she overcompensated. No, they put me in sports so that I could be more, because that was their interests. And they were like, would love to talk to my children about things that I know. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cute, actually. Yeah. But so they made me go for two years, and then I was like, "This is terrible," so I stopped. <laughs> Good. 
My mom made me do it that because was me she with needed piano. somewhere to put us while she did homework. That's mm. how I wound up doing Celtic dancing, wow. ladies and gents. Celtic dancing. Archie's like, listen, can we speed this up? Because, like, I got things to do, bro. And he's like, okay, well, you need to have a direct relationship with Hiram then. And he's like, dude, he doesn't even like me. He's like, well, you need to figure out a way to get him to trust you so that you can get back to your pals and gals. And when I heard that for the first time, I was like, oh, that's a reference to something. And it sure is because, like, I I think what it said was that the first Archie comics were called Archie, Archie's pals and gals. Oh. Yeah. That sounds right. That makes more sense because normally you would hear it, gals and pals. Gals and pals. Yeah. And pals and gals sounded weird. It did. Just two gals being pals. Two gals being pals. Oh, that's us. So Archie's talking to Veronica about how he really wants Hiram to like him. And she's like, well, you don't speak Spanish. And he's like, I can speak Spanish. I could. He was so earnest about it, too. He's like, I'll do it. I don't care. That was really cute. I mean, he had an agenda, but it was still nice. See, it was cute, but also it kind of made me a little bit weird just because I think if that was Veronica to Archie, I'd be like, girl, don't change your life for him. Well, women have been having like been forced to adhere to the things men want since human history began. So, you know. But I still don't think that he Spanish. should derail his learning French for her because... Well, you but- see, the thing is... W- with Archie, I don't think he's learning French because he generally wants to... Right, okay, yeah. But also, it's okay to want to do something for your partner. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think there's an element of, well, you do things for me, I'll do this for you sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I had to think about that after I went on my feminist rant, and I'm like, Brittany, you're wrong even as you're speaking. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to be like, yeah, dudes, dudes can change, but girls can't, or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just didn't... Yeah. I, want, I still wanted to be, like, equal about it, I guess. No, I, I am with you on okay, that Okay, cool. So she, she's like, well, here's the thing. Here's what you could do, is my dad used to be, like, the captain of the wrestling team. And now we're extras in Foxcatcher. So Foxcatcher is a 2014 American biographical sports true crime drama film, which sounds awesome. up for like every, it was like up for like every Academy Award possible, wasn't it? Probably. Starring Steve Carell, Channing Tatum, Mark Ruffalo, and Vanessa Redgrave. Heck yeah. I love Channing Tatum. I think Channing Tatum looks like Frankenstein. Wow. (laughs) That was- What a hot take. Unwarranted. And also Frankenstein- was the doctor. You're thinking of Frankenstein's monster. Okay, frick finger. you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Am I wrong? Shout out to Mary Shelley once again. <laughs> Would you disagree? No. The thing is, you're not wrong, but I don't like that you're right. Okay. But so. But also, if we're going to say anyone looks like Frankenstein's monster, clearly it's John Cena. Oh, that's the truth. Like, why would you say something controversial yet so brave? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> he's like... <laughs> Dad's going to sit in on tryouts like he really loves wrestling. And <laughs> and uh, Archie's like, wow, you know what's so weird is I was going to do wrestling. What a crazy random happenstance. Huh. That's so strange. And so he goes to tryouts and uh, Hiram's like, oh, hey, I didn't expect to see you there. And he's like, yeah, uh, you know. And he's like, I, I used to wrestle, you know. And he's like, what? I did not know this information. I did not know that. Thank you for telling me. And then Chuck comes up and is just like, yo, Archie, I would ruin you. And Archie's like, cool, I see you foreshadowing. And he calls him the gingerbread man, which is hilarious. (laughs) I love the gingerbread man. That should be his, like, wrestler name. 
<gasps> yes. Oh my god. But the best part is that Hiram walks away laughing at the joke. I mean, yeah. If I were Hiram, I'd laugh. <laughs> so the coach, I have a fun fact about the coach. Here he is. Okay. His name is Coach Cleats, which, first of all, is a pun because cleats are the shoes that you wear in most outdoor sports. That's yeah. just like awkward. But something that I think is really cool about Coach Cleats when I read his whole bio on here is that, like, if you look up Coach Cleats Archie, like, you recognize that guy. You're like, yeah, I've seen that yeah. guy in the comics. Yeah, yeah. But um, what I think is cool is that he mainly teaches baseball and football. But if you go down to Coach Clayton, he regularly does basketball and wrestling. So it's cool that they've switched them. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, probably because they just had Clayton first and they were like, yeah, Archie plays football. Um, but Why not? Um, but either way, he's like, Hiram is here. Isn't that great? He was like one of the students. And when I first was coaching, it's very excited to have him. Um, he was called the Ram because his name has the word Ram in it. Oh. It's so stupid. I love how Coach or so Sheriff that, Keller is also there. So that puts in his stupid Ram Tough shirt. I know. Later. <laughs> yeah. That makes it even. Uh, like, who is so attached to their past that they're like, oh man, I'm going to go to this high school wrestling tryout and like try and like make everyone feel dumb <laughs> on the Ram? I'm like, what man. the. Th- this display of like masculinity, one, not a turn on, and two, is just stupid. <laughs> Kevin and Archie team up and Kevin's like, hey, just so you know, like this isn't really like any of the other sports that you play. And Archie's like, whatever. I've been, I I went up against Moose in like contact football. So frick you, Kevin or whatever. And Kevin's like, cool. So he like takes takes him down twice. Kevin's like, neat. I love the Kellers. Coach Keller, or I keep calling him Coach Keller because everyone's a coach right now, but Sheriff <laughs> Keller is, like, so proud of his son. Sheriff Coach. Sheriff Coach. And I love them both so much. He's, I, he's doing amazing, sweetie. Yeah. I love that they show Kevin being, like, really good. Yeah. At something masculine. I love that they, that nobody on the team treats him weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he's gay and he's on the wrestling team. It's just something that's, like, really masculine. And, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. people usually go, like, oh, the stereotype is that the gay guys is really feminine. And so they've given him something really masculine to be really good at. And, like, he has a bunch of muscles. The the one thing that bothers me about that, though, is that immediately after this scene, they have one where he's like, I love Kevin's gossip column. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, he's a complex character. I get it. He does. He has dimension. Yeah. So Archie is embarrassed and he's like, it's okay. Like Kevin will help me. And she's like, well, you know what? You don't have to be a great wrestler. You can, you can be a singer and and we can sing. And it's like, Archie's like, this isn't helping me. I mean, he's Troy Bolton. He's literally Troy Bolton. Yeah. And so he and Veronica are singing with like the guitar and everything in their house. Hiram shows up and he's like, oh, this is really great. You know, I used to hate thinking that you guys were alone. And now suddenly after today, I have no problem with you guys. Like, what? Like, I know that this is supposed to be a really bad dig, but, like, I'm not sure exactly why. Because Archie was so bad that he's, like, he, Hiram views him as so effeminate and so, like, like, beta male that he's not even, like, a threat. Like, he is not someone that he has to protect his precious daughter from. 
I guess I kept thinking, like, is he thinking that he's gonna, like, overpower Veronica? Like, why does he, why is he so worried about it before? No, like, in his head, Archie is so timid that he would never make a move on Veronica in the first place. Gotcha. Okay, that makes more sense. Like, in his head, Archie has absolutely no masculinity now, which is, like... Or he's just just, saying that to annoy him. I mean, yeah, he is saying it to annoy him. Like, he's trying to get under his skin, but it's stupid. Like, this kind of, like, posturing male, like, stuff is stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, Veronica protects him, though, and, like, is saying, like, no, no, Dad. Like, he does his best, and he's really good at at other things, and he's very talented, and I I like that. And then Archie's like, yeah, so he makes out with his daughter right in front of him. And I'm like, you are, like, this is a fight that I don't know if you're prepared to do. Yeah, but I respect Ronnie for that, because Ronnie is not, like, tolerant of toxic masculinity in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And so Hiram's like, okay. And then he leaves. And he's like, haha, I will get you one day. I'll get you my pretty and your little guitar, too. For example, <laughs> in the next scene, I think I will talk to the coach and and uh, let him let me do a super embarrassing hold on somebody. And I think I'll pick you. Like, okay. And I and guess. he's like, here's his signature storyline. And uh, he's like, can I have a volunteer? And of course, Kevin is just like, what? Hot dad? Yep, me. Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, I'm in, I'm down. Like, sign me up right now. And he's like, I think I'll choose Archie, who doesn't have his hand up. I'm Kevin. <laughs> I'm Kevin. And so then he just, yeah, takes him down, talks about how he's too cocky and how he needs to demoralize him and how he's always going to win. I just, I hate the storyline. Like, I truly hate the storyline. Yeah, line. I have no stake in this at all. I don't have any interest in male posturing. I don't have any interest in men one-upping each other through the use of brute force. Like, to me, this is as boring and unoriginal as it gets. Yep. He's talking to Kevin, and he's saying, like, oh, you're doing better, Archie. Like, good job. And he's like, well, thanks for your help, Kevin. And Kevin's like, can I ask you, like, why wrestling? Are you trying to impress Veronica's dad? And Kevin's like, me too. (laughs) But he's like, yeah, you know, it's personal now. Like, I have to. Yeah, so that's the next thing that happens there. Whatever. All right. Just just going right through the storyline because we do not care. Um, no. They're at the lodges, and he's like, hey, I came up and I told the doorman that I was here to see Veronica. And he's like, well, I'll have to yell at Andre later. Like, what does he expect Andre to be like, well, let me call up. Like, is that what he's thinking? Let me call up and make sure that she's expecting you or whatever? I mean, but that's like how it it presumably has worked. Like, Archie has gone up there to have sex with Veronica. Yep. Even after Hiram said, don't do that. Yeah. That's a respect thing, actually. Yeah. Now I'm like, Archie, don't do that crap. I don't have, I I don't have any points about the storyline. I just hate it. Yeah. Archie's like, okay, well, why do you hate me? And he's literally just like, you're not good enough. And his main point is that Fred, he's like in cahoots with Fred this whole time. And yet he just like secretly hates Fred with all of his being because Fred slept with his wife. And it's also like dumb, which but I totally like, you forgot know about. Also not good enough for Ronnie. Hiram. Hiram. His entire like legacy is built on ripping off those who are not as wealthy as he is in order to gain for himself. And like, this is probably a writing flaw, but Hermione is not the same character since he's been back. Yeah. I don't know who Hermione is. Like, she's a shell of a person. And plus, like, we totally forget about their affair because, like, that's not even Hermione. Yeah. And, you know, the Archie that I know would be like, hey, don't be mean about my dad. But instead, he's just like, I would never do that. Which, like, is fair, but also. He's trying to endear himself, right? Yeah. Like, he has an agenda there. Plus, all of this is 
still in part because he's being manipulated by FBI guy. Yeah. I'm still not convinced he's the real FBI. Me neither. And I'm just like, what is the point of any of this? There is no point. Yeah, what is the point of this in the first place? Because he needs to have a relationship with Hiram so that he can figure something out for the, for Adams. I don't know. Yeah, like, I feel like Hiram is pretty obvious about all of his crooked deals in the first place. Yeah. He literally gathered the mayor to his house. Yeah. He's like, well, I took care of your family while you were in prison. And then Veronica shows up and he's like, what? No, we're just hanging out. We're just bros, what? This is how bros hang out. Yeah, it's whatever. And so he calls yeah. them at three at four thirty in the morning, and they go on a jog. And of course, it's a race, and Hiram wins. And and then they go at, to Pops, and I assume Hiram was like, "My regular, please, b- for both of us." And Archie's like, "This is gross, but K." And he's like, "You have it's to just, know your opponent." This is hitting every annoying trope. Yep, where it's like the more intimidating alpha male like tests the beta male by like giving him gross food and racing him, and I'm like. Neat. So he's like, this is why you'll never win. And so here's what we're going to do is we're going to say that we're just bros until she dumps you. Because boyfriends come and go, but fathers are forever. And Clifford Blossom is just like, forever? I don't think so. (laughs) But, you know, like Clifford Blossom, one, is probably in hell. Yep. Um, But two, I mean, I don't know if Hiram's going to murder Ronnie. It'd be cool if he didn't. Uh, Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah. Veronica comes to tryouts because obviously Hiram just wants Archie to embarrass himself in front of Veronica so that Veronica will be like, mm, maybe I don't like you. So stupid. And Hiram is like over there talking to Coach Cleats, basically being like, hey, put him against Chuck. He'll never beat Chuck. And so I mean, Coach Cleats walks up and goes, um, let's put Archie against Chuck. And he's like, what? And he's like, oh, well, that's what we're doing. <laughs> but it's not realistic that Archie beat Chuck. No, not at all. Especially because Chuck we assume has been wrestling for years. Yeah. Nah. Nah, fam. It's it's not realistic. I don't buy it. I get that Archie has to be the hero at everything, but he could just suck at one thing. For One thing would be great. Yeah. So Hiram goes up to Archie later and it's just like, hey, congratulations on, on winning. And he's like, can we just be done with this, please? Like, I'm so tired. I literally don't want to do mm-hmm. this anymore. And I'm like, same. And Hiram's like, me oh, about this uh, plot line. Come, come over later tonight. And he's like, okay, sure. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why? And also stop. And also, what if we just stop? Okay, the last scene, the last scene in the storyline. So he's like, the voiceover calls it a criminal apprenticeship. And he's like, where do you see yourself in five years? And Archie's like, oh, I want to be in college at an athletic jail. scholarship. And he's like, jail. Jail, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, <laughs> Oh, for music? And he's like, no, maybe for business. Is this Archie being actually like, I want to pursue business? Or is this no. Archie being like, I need to get in with Hiram? No, I think he just wants in with Hiram. I don't think it has anything okay, to sweet. do with... Yeah. And he's like, maybe I can buy back Andrew's construction from you. Which sounds nice. Yeah. Go for it, bud. I believe in you. And he's like, oh, I would don't. you like to learn from me? And he's like, no. okay. And then Adams calls him and he doesn't answer. Because he's literally on like with Hiram. And it makes it seem like he's like, oh, he's he stopped working for the good guy and now he's working for the bad guy. But I literally think it's just because he's like, oh, well, how weird would it be if I like answer the phone and was just like, oh, hey, FBI agent. Yeah, I'm on. I'm right here in front of him right now. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Adams wants to know if uh, if you're being shady over here. And he goes, Arthur Adams? <laughs> I went to school with him. <laughs> The FBI agent? The sole FBI agent from our crop of 30 kids that graduated from my year? Huh. 
The sole FBI agent? Yeah, literally, yeah. No, but what if they had two? Two FBI agents? You really think anyone from Riverdale became... (laughs) Could you finish? I was just like, nah. Now it's time for segments. My first segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. He's annoying, but he's he's still, you know, living his ace life. And my segment is, did Jughead eat a burger? No, and I don't care. And uh, my second segment is called Did the Snake Parents Acknowledge Their Obvious History? No, but Hal did. Snaps for We Hal. know it's real. We know it's real. It is real. The vindication that we're going to feel is going to be real. Oh my gosh. Legit. I'm, be, I'm so excited. Yep. Uh, now it's time for our best line awards. So my best line award surprisingly goes to Hal for... I'm just trying to plan my life, Alice. Because <laughs> that's you. And mine goes to Cheryl for... Cameras aren't here, Jackie-o. And mine goes to Alice for... Hal, I swear, I threw you out once, I'll do it again. Do it, do it, do it. Hold up. Then leave him at, at home. home. I thought At that... someone else's home. Because he can't live in yours anymore. Yeah. Oh, the Wicked... There's a, a trailer for The Wicked and the Divine, but there's also a trailer for Speed of Light? What is that? What? Hold up. Is it just um, a promo? Because we saw tons of promos on the CW feed last night when we were watching. It probably is. Let me see what the episode after that is called. Maybe that's what it is. The Wrestler, Wicked and the Divine. The two. What is... I don't know speed what of- Speed of Light is. Okay, so let me... Let, let's do are a you trailer. On the CW, are you on the CW YouTube page? Yeah. Okay, so let's first watch the one for the Wicked and the Divine. Okay. And then we'll watch oh, one for Speed of Light and Speed of Light Extended Trailer. I have no idea what that is, but okay. Oh, yeah. What the frack? Like, I'm looking at the names of the episodes, and Speed of Light isn't even on there. I have no idea what that yeah. is. I am so excited for Snake Parents. It is inevitable. It is. Mm-hmm. Dude, can you imagine, like, if if this was a regular season, we'd be almost at the season finale. Oh my god, I'm so glad it's not a regular season. But we're only half done. Yeah, I, that makes me happy. I thought we were going to be done like sometime in March, but it looks like the Carrie episode airs on in in the in the middle of April. So we're going to be doing Riverdale for a long ass time. That's yeah, maybe they have a long hiatus like they yeah. do on the 100. Yeah. I just want to point out that the the musical episode is called A Night to Remember and that's a song from High School Musical 3. Oh my god. It's gonna everything be a somehow leads back to high school musical. To remember. Big fun. Alright. It's gonna be a night to last forever. We never ever ever forget. It's good stuff. Is Sam almost back? You ready? Okay. I just want to see this trailer really heckin' bad. And then see whatever the heck speed of light is. Like, I'm literally Googling Riverdale Speed of Light, and, like... I think it's a one-shot promo for the rest of the season, or... I don't know. Is this Wicked and Divine the... Because it doesn't say chapter... Right, right, right. The rest of them say chapter, but this doesn't. I have no idea what this means, but I guess we'll... I think this is the back half of the season Oh, Riverdale Season 2B trailer. Yeah, there you go. Gotcha, okay. Okay, so we'll watch that after. I'm excited. Me too. Okay. Okay, ready? Ready? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, play. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Some church stuff. Something terrible. Oh, confession. I love. 
Ronnie's in Aren't confession. Aren't you worried he's gonna find out all our family secrets? Family What's secrets. going on in there? Why is the door locked? Yep. You Yo, tag yourself on Alice. I'm Alice. Every decision I've made just Wait, someone said Betty the head? Who are you and my father? She's Wait, always getting that's weird mail. Did you really think you'd see the last of me? Hey, Penny's Penny. back. Okay, here, I gotta go, like, pause through this now. Okay, they're all at church. I see Mayor McCoy behind Archie. Oh, what was that? Also, I'm not happy that they shrunk the trailer into the promo of the rest of the thing. How yeah. are you supposed to see half of the crap happening? Archie and Adam's in the garage. Who's going to find all their family secrets? Betty doing shady things. Like Mayor McCoy. I like the lighting. What is FP saying? You brought the north side down on us, okay? The head. Yeah, it looks like it was given to Betty. Mayor McCoy looks like she's having an interesting day. And Penny's back. Oh my gosh, okay. I told you she'd be back. Yep, yep. Okay, time for speed of light. Is that Keller talking to FP? It might be. Looks like looks FP's like trailer for Pops. Yeah. So he walks down on somebody in the house. Who Chick does? Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody's With right some here. milk. Yeah. Looks and like Betty, maybe. Milk. I'm excited. I hope we get some <laughs> Alice and FP kissing or something. I know that's literally like what I'm waiting <laughs> for. I'm like, oh my god, it's like, one minute what if long, and, and most of it's probably but, like, like Riverdale. When did they post this? They posted it January 25th. Today. I feel like we we would have seen something if there was. We would have maybe, seen. Yeah, but maybe yeah. we wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are we ready? Hold on. Ah, She's making big. Okay. Though. Ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one. Play. Oh, boy. Effective immediately. Oh. Outside high school. Wait. We've already seen this. Welcome to your new oh, school. This is just the beginning Take of the. Jacket right now, you're they posted it today, but it, it, it was from before. I feel like I've seen this already. Man. Some of it we have, and some of it okay, we haven't. Okay. Josie's at church. Did you really think you'd see the last of me? Yeah. I want to see. Surprise! You want to see my oh, check? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know God, what that you kid looks like a weird Franco. Every decision I've made just makes things worse and worse. It's true. Are you worried he's gonna find out all our family secrets? Ooh. I always win. a weird What's dude. What's going on in there? Why is the door locked? Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I'm doing something terrible to a person I love. What is she doing? I'm happy you're going to be back at Riverdale High. Okay. Yeah, Riverdale. what is Ronnie doing? I feel like I saw something. Only on the I don't care about Bughead. No. Ah. Who was Archie looking at? I have no idea. This went too fast. Boo. Okay, either way, things are weird happening here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we also are. Yes. Um, someday it'll come back. Eventually. Someday we'll get a trailer. Yeah. April 24th. April 24th. Until then, re-listen to our season four podcast. Thanks. And follow us on Twitter. And fo- <laughs> Uh, we also have a Lost podcast, which is my pride and joy. Probably the best thing I've ever created. And uh, yeah, we have fun over there. So go hang out with us. Thanks. Yeah, we're doing season one right now. Yeah, almost done. Uh, you can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Redbubble, and YouTube soon. Follow me on Twitter and I'll do the same. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash If you like what we do here, please consider donating. Uh, we could really use the help and everything that we... Uh, make gets put straight back into the podcast. Um, so thank you very much. And thank you to our existing donors, yes. future donors, donors in general, any listeners. I just love you all yeah. equally, mm-hmm, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Abritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Our next episode wait, is wait, wait. 212. Wait, what? Where can we find you on the internet, Sam? Oh, right. She was oh, you- so quiet. I was like, what? You can find me on Twitter at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. Noise. That's my name. And our next episode is 212, The Wicked and the Divine. Robin, tell us about The Wicked and the Divine. Well, I kind of talked a little bit about it earlier, but it is a contemporary fantasy comic book series, and it looks heckin' cool. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! Love you, bye!